Welcome to the OEO Podcast. My name is Michael Bragg. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon Dubich. What's up, buddy? Dude, what is going on? What a win, dude. Is this team just not fun or what, man? I mean, how can you just not be ecstatic with what this team does? Super ecstatic. Super, super. The game wasn't as much fun, but yes. (laughs) Yes, this is W's are always fun, no matter what. I had more beverages than I would ever like to admit on air. That game was tight the entire way, um, start to finish. We'll, we'll we'll definitely get into it, but uh, again, I think I think get the preview pod. You said you know um, we think things are going to be rosy, um, and and they and they certainly were. So I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you were spot almost spot on with your game plan prediction and the way the game was going to go 14-6 final your prediction what was it 16-14 so just a trash prediction and a trash game not trash like bad but like not what we're used to seeing no no not of the, not of this offense um the the thing that i was surprised about in, in the game is i mean if you look at the box score Get rid of the score. Get get rid of the score. Wisconsin wins in first downs. They win in passing yards. They win in rush yards. They win. They clobber us in time of possession. So you, you look at that, and then you hear you and I say that IU dominated that game and looked like the better team. Nobody would believe us. No, no, no way. So it's it's you're you're spot on i mean if you play games on paper i think we would have the same record but we would have a w against ohio state so you right. don't play them on paper brandon no no not at all um but again in our predictions what did we say iu had to do they couldn't beat themselves and they had to play a cleaner game you know if you look a little deeper into that box score wisconsin had eight penalties for 81 yards that's beating yourself. Wisconsin lost the turnover game. Um, they weren't as efficient. They weren't as disciplined. They weren't as clean. And when you're not those three things, you can overcome. Or you sometimes you just can't overcome those things despite you winning in, in, in other categories. And in my mind, I mean, Paul Christ is a good coach. I'm not going to take anything away from Paul Christ. But IU was the better coached more disciplined, disciplined, cleaner team on Saturday. Um, and and I, that prevailed for me. That, that, that prevailed. And it was utterly impressing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So to go up there and literally they just ran, they ran the, whole, the whole game. I mean, not like physically running it, but they ran the whole script of the game. I mean, they took after the first i think it was two two or three drives we flipped the field position took the momentum and then the only time wisconsin kind of put a little bit of a scare into me at least was mid third quarter i think going into the fourth um we had gone up 14 to 3 i think they came down and got a field goal and then put us in three and out i think is how it went and it it just seemed like all right well here we go again i mean how many times have you and I either been watching IU or in Memorial Stadium and IU had a lead going into the fourth quarter against a ranked conference opponent? We, we, we've been there. 
we, we, we've seen where we've been up a touchdown going into the fourth quarter and we somehow lose by two touchdowns. Um, every stadium, every, not just Memorial Stadium, every, every stadium I've seen them play a football game in. They're winning yes. at some point or they're just close enough and they've got the momentum and then they screw themselves up somewhere along the way. But it's that uh, is why th- that, that's why this team is different. Totally different. And, and I want to put a little, a little asterisk on this team because there isn't a thing they did Saturday that they can't duplicate. And, and, and that's the one thing we, we, we hadn't start this pod yet, you know, uh, after the Ohio state game, but I, you're not routinely going to put 500 yards on Ohio state. The, the, there were some things that happened in the Ohio state game that you just couldn't duplicate. Right. What we did to Michigan, what we did to Michigan state, what we did to Rutgers, Maryland, Wisconsin, all of those things are carryovers that not even go game to game can go year to year. Um, and, and, and we've built up a big enough sample size to know, you know, bold prediction here. This isn't a flash in the pan season. No, I don't think so. Um, some of the people I've talked to are, are saying that, I mean, just because we don't have any fans in the stands or um, certain teams would have certain players missing. I don't think we've played anybody that was missing, you know, a starting quarterback or, uh, a, I mean, outside of Penn State, who unfortunately for him, Journey Brown had some other issues. Uh, but outside of that, that game and that team, we haven't played anybody that was missing anybody of any sort of significance. Yeah. Yeah. No, let, let's, since, since we're talking about that, let's, let's get a little micro into this game um, and, and break it down a little, uh, a little bit. And let's, let's start, uh, let's start with them. And I want to just, again, cause we can, we can touch on our offensive players and, and there were some standouts, some that we predicted, um, but I want to, I want to start on defense. Um, let's, what did you think of Mertz and Berger's performance on, um, on Saturday? Um, you said flash in the pan just a minute ago. And I, I honestly, I think that's what Graham Mertz is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see anything from him that, that was special. That interception to Jamar Johnson, that's one of the worst throws I've seen all year. It was a bad yeah. one. It was, it was no Lombardi throw or anything, but it was, it wasn't good. Now, now this is his, what, fourth game. Yep. Uh, not a true freshman, a redshirt freshman coming in, not expecting to play this year. <sighs> Had two great games to start off the, off the game and a half. Yeah. Sure. Game and a half. Yeah. But as we talked about, we touched on that in the preview pod. Check it out if you haven't already. But uh, two terrible defenses that he went up against. I mean, he didn't have a bad stat, stat line, 20-34, 2-0-2. But that's it. And one pick that was basically Jamar Johnson just stood there and he threw the ball right in between the two and two. 68.7 QBR. The thing that, I mean, if you're going to throw the ball 34 times, you got to go downfield. I mean, the thing that I saw, he had a 5.9 passing average. Now, if you look at that, and well, Jack, Jack Tuttle only had a 5.9 yard passing average, but he only threw 22 more times. That's a third of the time less. So that's a third of the less time being inefficient. If you're going to throw the ball 34 times, you cannot throw 5.9 yards of throw because that, that, is, that is playing behind the chains. That is putting yourself in third and long situations, and that is not opening up the defense. Um, so, you know, I think, I think both Mertz and the play calling, um, really did him no favors whatsoever. Uh, neither, like I said, neither himself or the play calling, 
um, because he's not a quarterback that should be throwing 25, 30 times a game. Yeah, I agree. As you were talking about that, I was looking at their, at their skill position players, their wide receivers. They didn't look that bad. I mean, decent. I mean, they look like good big 10 wide receivers, but they weren't getting open. And then as you were talking, I mean, Ferguson's a beast. Yeah. Ferguson, Ferguson's a bad. Yeah. He's, he's, he's big time. Yeah. But what if like, what if we're just that good? What if our defense is that good and just shut it down? We're like, all right, you guys can run a little bit. And we'll but, like but we gave up run sustaining. I mean, what, what I mean, uh, we we gave up a we gave up a, a a decently long QB scramble to Mertz, but we had him running for his life the whole game. So I'm scratching that off the uh, off the play sheet. Um, you know, that was Berger, on that final drive, though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Berger had a, had a 20 yard run, um, and he he looked good. You know, I I think he's probably going to be a four year back, and he's he's going to be a problem, um, but. You know, we largely contained him. Yeah, they'll be lucky if he stays four years. That dude is thick and he, <laughs> like thick below. No, I don't want to say that. Not thick below the waist. He's got a big butt. But he. That's for the LEO podcast after dark. <laughs> exactly. Uh, save that for later. <laughs> he, uh, he looks like a stereotypical uh, mid 2000s Wisconsin running back. Like that guy yeah. is explosive he's he'll run you over he can run around you he's gonna be he's gonna be something to deal with in the future and yeah. i did write stud next to him um in my notes that dude is is pretty badass yeah uh, we touched but i mean but i mean largely like i mean he, he, it's not like he you know in in ohio state their studs were busting 12 15 yard runs repeatedly um you know i think he's firmly behind the freshman back there at Ohio state. Now that that's not too much of an insult to Berger because uh, those guys at Ohio state are very, very good. Um, I think it was more our, you know, for a nice little segue, you know, I think we contained Berger uh, for a lot of the reason that we, you know, that we controlled the offensive line. I mean, CO and Jerome were just pushing those guys back there. There, there weren't many lanes to run in whatsoever. Um, so, you know, I mean, so he, he might be better than what we saw, but never once did I think, you know, there were a few Ohio state drives was like, Oh, here we go. You know, they're, they're going to march down the field because we cannot stop this run game. There wasn't a single drive that I thought that on Saturday. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Once we got to, you know, we'd get them behind schedule. Sure. That maybe they'd have one big run. Um, or maybe they'd pick up a first down on the next, the next series, but We'd stop them on first down, and that was it. They didn't know what to do. They'd get behind yep. schedule on second and you know second and eight, second and ten, and they can't throw the ball. If they look for Ferguson, I don't know how many times he was targeted. Uh, five catches, fifty-four yards. I don't have a target number with it, but I, double digits probably. Yeah. Um, that's all they. That's all they can do. They didn't throw really too much out of the backfield. I don't see Berger with any catches. I don't know if that's his strength or not. Um, you know, he targeted a couple of the wide receivers and Pryor and Dyke, but I, yeah, the, the run game doesn't scare me. I don't think, you know, I think being without their starting center after the first play of the game or the first series, um, that came back to bite them at a little bit. I don't think the snaps were terrible. It wasn't like, uh, what Justin Fields had to deal with on Saturday, but, um, yeah, the, the run game was, was not as scary as uh as it we used. mitigated it 
I mean, it was it was largely mitigated, uh, and and I again we we hit on it big on the preview pod. This game was going to be won on the offensive and defensive line, um, and and we we've just just covered how how we were able to win that battle on the defensive line. What about our offensive line? Um, keeping Jack comfortable, um, you know I uh, I know Jack ended up getting the game ball. Um, but uh, game, in my mind, glove. you should have game glove. Did you game see it? Glove. Did you see uh, it? I didn't. I didn't. No. Tom, they didn't give Tom a, a game ball after the game, so oh, of he handed him didn't. one of his gloves. Um, but he should he should hand that glove, cut it up every single finger, and hand it to one of his offensive linemen. Um, again, I I I said they they had to keep him clean, they had to keep him comfortable, and they had to keep him in rhythm. Uh, that is exactly what that offensive line did. Um, gave up one sack, maybe. Um, yeah, one sack, one sack. Gave up one sack, but 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 largely he 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 was able to step up and make throws, um, and, and keep us on schedule. Yeah, three quarterback um, hurries out of uh, twenty-two passes. Yep. This is a comparison. Actually, we don't have any quarterback hurries, but we had one, two, three. We had three sacks on Mertz so basically the same thing instead of hurries we just got home yep which is huge you know I mean uh you know when you when you don't go down you don't go down uh so uh, again I it started with the offensive line um you know it, it ran through Tuttle and you know can we talk about Stevie Scott how hard he's running um and, and just the effort he's putting in um it's it's very impressive for you know what we hit on that this team isn't a running team and yet you know he doesn't he doesn't get happy feet and try to dance he doesn't try to do too much he knows what he is and he embraces it. Um, give me your thoughts on what Stevie did on Saturday. Yeah, I thought that Stevie was pretty hesitant um, in Ohio State, uh, but then in the Maryland game when we did a little bit of the Wildcat and then we knew that we had to force the narrative on the run because they were so bad at it we saw the old Stevie Scott back. That guy was hitting holes as quick as he could hit it. Um, and then on Saturday, it was the same thing. If he had any sort of room to hit, he was, he was there. And then he was actually hitting some stuff outside of the tackle too, which we haven't seen from him probably all season. Yeah. So I, I got a question for you because we got to see David Ellis on, on, on limited touches. Not, not enough in my opinion. He, he only got um, – he only got – Two two passes through uh, the air and and five rushes, um, with 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 what we were just saying about Stevie Scott, should David Ellis get more run, um, or or do you like the kind of three to one usage Stevie is getting over over David Ellis? I don't know how much more we want to use David Ellis in the rushing game okay. if we don't yeah. have to. Um, yeah. We didn't see any T- Tim Baldwin at all Saturday. I don't know what's going on with Samson James. I hope it's not anything too serious. Uh, personal issues is what Tom Allen's saying, but he's still with the team. Um, I guess if we're not going to use Baldwin, then yeah, I guess we. I'd like to see David Ellis. But what I saw from him on Saturday was a lot of stuff between the tackles. Right. Um, he was picking up, it says, four and a half yards of carry. I, I you surprised we didn't game. see any any pitches to the outside, any any motion, any jet sweeps. You know, I mean, I'm 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 not I'm not begging for the Matt Canada offense back, 
Um, but, you know, I think in a game where, you know, we only averaged 2.8 yards a carry, um, you know, what I would have liked to see a little bit more, a little bit more creativity, um, especially in as big as a game this is, right? I mean, you're probably not needing creativity next week against Purdue. Um, so, you know, um, you know, I would have liked to see a little bit more creativity. Uh, or, or did you like the traditional run between the tackles, um, our guys against your guys? In the run game, yeah. Um, yeah. That linebacker crew that we were going up against, actually that defense, I mean, what did we say? 67 or something yards per game is what they gave up came, coming in. We had 87 um, on the ground total as a team. That's, I mean, I think that's with a couple kneel downs too, but um, you know, that's the highest for them all year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think if it's, if it's going to work, then let's do it. Now they did run some motion stuff. Um, nothing in the run game. Um, WAP had just, I can't remember if it was like a fourth and one maybe yeah. mm-hmm. where they ran him across and then back across and then back across with like a little stutter. And then he went out into the flat. That one was pretty nice. But other than that, they, they kept everything bunched as what well, yeah and as like elementary as possible for Tuttle as either go back and hand the ball straight off to Scott or it's going to be fly down the middle for for Freifogel or Marshall damn it or um just little stuff outside to WAP but I think if they play Saturday it's going to be wide open and it's going to be a disaster for Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll certainly get into that later in the week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, 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 in, you're open to opening uh, the playbook up because I would have liked to see that a little bit more. I'm not talking trick double reverses, throw back the tuttle. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, you know, one handed flips or shovel passes or jet sweeps, things that are just one move, and go, um, you know, but it, we, we end up not needing it. Uh, and we are, and, and that's because of our defense. So let's, let's transition over to that. And, uh, uh, who gets your, who gets your game ball, even though I think everyone who watched the game and, or knows, you know, knows that answer. Micah McFadden. Uh, I think he's defensive player of the year. Um, probably going to win the linebacker of the year nationally i think if he keeps up i mean if they keep doing this the way that they're doing it if they play saturday he'll have a big game um and then they've got i mean it looks like iowa i believe coming up in the championship week if that happens as well um if he keeps doing what he's doing unfortunately he's gone but man saturday he was a monster. That was the first note I wrote down. McFadden beast. Yeah. And he, when he got hurt, uh, minute 33 to go in the fourth quarter on that last drive, he got hurt uh, with an inverted commas. And then they had a big scramble where uh, DK Bonhomme made a big tackle on Mertz. And then he comes in the very next play and just destroys Mertz on a blitz. And basically, put the game away yeah uh again uh, i'm I'm gonna keep saying it because i think i think i have to um that you know when this guy was getting snaps uh, a year or two ago i i wanted him off the field 
uh, and and you ingrained it into my mind how good this guy is and could be. And it might have been your biggest your your biggest and best uh, prognostication ever. I mean, a stat line of nine total tackles, six by himself, two sacks, two total pressures. In, in a game where we know Wisconsin has NFL talent, Micah McFadden was the best defensive player on the field. We know we know Taiwan Mullen's going to play on Sundays. There, you know, there, there's a there's a chance that a couple other guys on the on IU's uh, defense is going to play on Sundays. There's no question Micah McFadden was the best player. Yeah, totally no, agree. Totally. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, um, and he's been that for almost every game. I mean, yeah. Um, outside of maybe the Penn, the Penn State game is that's just so weird if you go back and think about how bad our defense was in that game um, compared to the rest of the season. But he has been incredible, especially down the stretch. Um, Monster had a pretty good game. The Johnson brothers, uh, Jerome's not going to have a fat stat line, um, but Jamar, they're not really brothers, by the way. Jamar was, that's also my boy, uh, another big game for him, uh, four tackles, pass defended, and that pass defended was the pick. And that's, I think that's, uh, man, going back to the Gator Bowl, he had four straight. This is like his fourth pick, his fourth pick this season, fifth in the last uh, seven games, eight games, which is incredible. Yep. I mean, he's, he's literally tied for uh, fifth in the country with most interceptions. Uh, in, in a shortened season, sure, um, but he doesn't even he doesn't even play every snap. He's yep. starting. He's one of the starting safeties. But as much as we rotate safeties out, he's not out there like Mullins out there every time or Williams is out there every time. And Williams started started hot too, but like Mullins out there every play. Williams out there every play. Taylor's out there every play. Johnson's not out there every play, and he's still making these no. game changing takeaways. So I. <laughs> I'm mean, player comps are terrible, but you know, just watching what he did at late last year and what he's done this year, he reminds me a little bit of Minka Fitzpatrick for for the Steelers. You know, sometimes sometimes he takes some bad angles, sometimes he misses some tackles, but if you want to rely on a game a guy that could win you with a game in one play, I don't think I could name anyone else other than Jamar Johnson. He just he finds a way to find the ball. He finds himself in the right positions in the right times, and he always makes a play. Yeah, and um, he held on to the ball this time after he picked it off too. So, well, yes, that's a very so that's that that's an improvement. Um, but yeah, I mean Jamar Johnson and and Jalen Williams and and what about Taiwan Mullen and you know just to absolutely blow up off that blitz. You know that was one thing we said in the preview pod that that they couldn't sit back. Um, you know, make Mertz make a play. Uh, and, and they, they, I loved the pressure Kane Womack. I loved the game plan that he's, he's had all season, but, but specifically this game. Um, I mean, I, I can't believe Mertz got up on that Mullen hit. He got absolutely rocked. And I mean, rocked. Go back and watch his brother in the 2018 national championship game against, uh, Alabama's brother played for Clemson. Mm-hmm. He he plays for the Raiders now. He came was he a safety? Or maybe he came on the same thing off the edge. He lit Tua up off the edge. And that's what Saturday reminded me of with Taiwan. 
He came straight off, totally unblocked. It was a missed. I don't even want to say it was a missed by no. Ferguson, but he sold that blitz perfectly. Never uh, jumped the snap. Never, you know, never showed anything before the snap came, and it was uh, it was textbook. And how much does how much does Taiwan love playing for IU? Uh, I mean, we knew that before he even stepped on campus. He was help. He was helping the team recruit. You know, he was the one sending the text groups the text message groups around to the recruiting class. Um, you know, I think he's got a little bit of a, you know, a, a Victor Oladipo keeping IU in the frame of people's minds for a long, long time. Um, you know, even if his brother doesn't come in here, I, I think what the effect he's having before he stepped on campus while he's here on campus and what he's going to do after he leaves on campus when he's playing on Sundays um, I think it's going to pay dividends for a, for a long time. Yeah, big time. You totally read my mind. I was looking up Trey Bell right as you were t- right as you were uh, talking about him. I mean, he's it looks like he's down to three schools: Oregon, us, and Florida. And Oregon does not look good right now at all. But um, a four-star talent coming out of Florida, same obviously same high school class, twenty twenty-two. So this year coming up, so our next year. Sorry. So we'll um, we'll see if we can just move from uh, Taiwan to Trayville and never miss a step on that part of the, that part of the ball. That'd be pretty nice. Keep Mullen Island in Bloomington. Exactly. Mullen Island. I, I absolutely love it. Um, all right. Is, is there anything else on defense um, that, that you want to cover? Uh, again, I think, you know, I think DK is, is, you know, here we're going to be talking about DK the same way we're talking potentially about Mike and McFadden in a year or two. He, he seems to just be, stepping up as the season goes on as you would think from a freshman getting snaps oh yeah yeah you like him eh yeah okay eh 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 yeah definitely let's um let's go back and look at uh let me pull it up here let me go let's go back and look at the players we talked about that we said that we were going to watch on saturday um on offense um mine was pretty obvious uh it was peyton hendershot not a uh, great statistical game. Um, three catches, no drops that I saw. Um, eight yards, but a big time, big boy touchdown in the air, falling away, back corner of the end zone. Um, got us going. Yeah. No. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked. I would have liked more targets to Hendershot. Um, but hey, he needed to make a play when he had the opportunity and he did, he had that opportunity against Penn state and he didn't make the play this time he did. Um, so, you know, you know, good, good on him. Um, the, the guy that I really wanted to see and, um, you know, that they, they kind of worked him into to the game plan. I think their defense is just so good. Uh, it, it, it was, it was hard to get any of us going. Um, I, I, I said WAP um, was going to have to make plays in space. Uh, and have some yak for us. You know, he did end up averaging about 12 yards a carry, um, and and in my mind uh, was was the our best offensive weapon uh, production and and just eye test wise um, out of, out of WAP. What did you think? Whopper was what, big, man. Whopper, what grade would you give him? An A plus, and I'll yeah. I'll explain to you why. With that game bogged down quite a bit. I mean, there was not a whole lot of energy from. Um, either side of the ball and that's exactly what he brings i mean outside of being a good football player obviously but as far as his attitude goes he 
if he makes a big play, he knows. And you better believe he's going to tell you about it. Um, and he made every one of those four catches was huge. Um, that touchdown route was beautiful. Yep. Uh, back to the corner of the end zone to put us up 14-3. And it, it, so, I guys, mean, literally, they, they had a same chance to run that good of a route on their last play of the game. And their wide receiver didn't run a route good enough for that. Yeah, and I talked about their center being out. Their center had a bad snap on that last play. Um, well, not bad, but it was low. Um, and on TV, I rewatched it, and they were talking about how if that, if that snap was up, how he would have been able to get rid of the ball sooner and maybe hit that throw. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's, if you watch the receiver, too, I, don't think, I still think Reese gets there. The receiver has to push off on Reese to even yep. have a chance to – to yep. get at that ball. So, yeah, Wop's just – he's just major, man. He's not putting up the same stats as he was last year because clearly he's going to be targeted by every defense that we play against, um, him and Ty now, which leaves Miles Marshall um, wide, <laughs> wide, wide open um, to drop passes. Uh, his only target of the game, too – uh, I was already celebrating as the ball was uh, yet to touch his fingers on Saturday. Well, I, I, I spilled my beer on my couch because I jumped up. <laughs> I thought it was over. Like, was, I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was 21-6, game over. Ball side game. Sealed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I jumped up. Beer went all over. Had, had to get out, the, uh, get out the towel and do some dampening on, on my couch. Um, but, you know. My wife did the whole, uh, oh, no. And I was like, yeah, I know. He should have caught it. She's like, oh, I just feel so bad for him. <laughs> of like, course. You Fuck him, man. He should have yeah. caught the ball. Oh, it's uh, wife yeah, you, know, you know how it is. Um, back to uh, not talking about her so much on here. Um, <laughs> uh, on defense, I picked uh, B-Fitz and Jamar Johnson. And guess what, buddy? His stat line wasn't great, but B-Fitz had a – Big game, I think, on Saturday. Two tackles, a pass defended, but five catches for Ferguson. That's it. Five catches, 54 yards, nothing big, nothing behind him. Um, No blown coverages. He was there. No missed tackles from what I remember. He was pretty solid. And then, obviously, Jamar Johnson, we already touched on him for tackles and a pick. Um, But B-Fitz, man, I remember I texted you some part in in the game uh about him and uh made sure that you understood he was uh balling out yeah i mean i i was harsh on him you know i i certainly called him out so that's why i'm gonna take credit saying you know uh uh he he definitely listened to the pod before he uh warmed up for the game and he was like no i'm not gonna let the leo podcast call me out again uh and yeah it it was his best game of the year and we needed it uh it was it was his most important game of the year um so, no, good, good on him. Good on all the safeties, especially, you know, we, we really hammered that home, uh, you know, before the game and, you know, really held, you know, probably the best offensive player on both sides in check. Yeah, big time, big time. Who was your um, defensive player to watch? I can't. So, yeah, I took a cop-out answer, uh, kind of like you did. Um, if you chose two, I was choosing two. And uh, I chose CO and Jerome. And as we touched on at the beginning of the pod, while, while they're – while their stat lines didn't jump off, they were Seal was big. Yeah, Seal was big without having uh, um, Demarcus. Demarcus, yeah. Demarcus, Demarcus Elliott in there yeah. without having him in. Yeah, Seal steps right in. And that dude is a – is he a redshirt sophomore? A redshirt freshman, I think he is. Seal? 
Yeah. Hold on once. He's a sophomore. 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 Okay. Yep. So, so probably a redshirt sophomore. I imagine uh, almost all of the defensive front has their red shirt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, playing, playing like someone third year into their program ready to make an impact. Yeah, he was, he was good. Again, you're not going to see the big stat lines from uh, a good defensive tackle, I don't think. I mean, other than nope. Eric if you Donald don't somebody, hear from but... them, they're doing a really good job. Yeah, just look at Defoe on the Colts. I mean, you don't ever, well, you hear about him, but you don't ever really hear that much about him. He's not, not as much you know, as you hear of Darius Leonard, not, not, no. you know, not as much as you hear of Julian Blackman. I mean, those are the guys that get all the, the kudos mm-hmm. for the Colts. Yeah, Depot's just it, down there taking up two or three offensive yeah, linemen. It, for everybody it, else it starts and ends with, with, with the Forrest Buckner. Yeah. Um, don't make me talk about the Colts on, on this podcast, please. <laughs> I am not. Well, a Colts I'll fan. just keep you away from the NFL um, for a little bit. So uh, let's uh, let's try to wrap this up here. Yep. Uh, soon. Let's look at our predictions. Mine were way off. Um, Twenty-seven seventeen uh, is what I predicted. I expected them to to open it up a little bit, um, but they did not. My keys were. Uh, turnovers and special teams uh turnovers obviously we won that battle uh yep. two to one um i mean the Tuttle one was whatever it's gonna happen but the special teams awesome i mean chuck didn't have to do anything but make extra points but um we didn't touch on your other player to watch on your offensive side which you cheated i was on. saving it for the end i was <laughs> saving it for the end your boy ahead, hayden man. your boy hayden whitehead he yeah. was fantastic man that last punt um not was it the last i think it was the last punt that that pinned him down inside the two yard line um was a major turning point and we needed every bit of those yards it turned out you know you know could you imagine if you put that in the end zone and they were they were 20 yards closer there at the end Um, that's what our defense does though you know we get them down to the 20 or the 30 yard line and we just say no no more yeah no more for you to be fair about your prediction, as soon as because again, I mean, we we both you know bring an outline to this, but we don't share notes because we want this to be as organic and natural as possible. We don't want this to be too scripted. Um, but as soon as I question you on, hey, how are they getting to forty four points? You know, to be fair, as soon as you started thinking about it, you started walking back that prediction. Yeah. So yeah. Um, again, because, this is the preview pod if you haven't. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I predicted sixteen fourteen. Um, I thought there, I thought merch would be better. Um, it, it turned out that our defense didn't allow that to happen. Uh, I, I saw this being, you know, a low scoring game. I saw both offenses struggling. I saw turnovers from both teams, all things that I hit on. Um, but you know, I think at the end of the day, Michael, we both predicted a win when Vegas wasn't, when the experts wouldn't, you know, well, you know, who did you text me? Only Pollock. Um, picked us to to win. Yeah, David so, Pollock, and he hasn't. I don't think he's picked us all year. I think he's been very strong against IU. I think he actually took uh, took Maryland, not as a super dog either. I think he just straight up picked Maryland to beat us. Um, earmuffs and blinders, man. Yeah, earmuffs yeah. and blinders. Let's let's continue this. You know, we don't know what this weekend holds. Um, you know, I think the by time this podcast drops in about. 12 to 15 hours, uh, we'll have more information. Uh, regardless if we have a game or we don't have a game, uh, you know, we're, we're going to preview where we're at in the college football playoff. Um, signing week, I believe, is next week. Um, so, you know, we, we, we might touch on that a little bit. Um, so either way, we'll have plenty to talk about here later in the week. Um, any last words, Michael? 
Mm, no. No? Uh, yeah, I mean, my thing, you know, I mean, if it, what, I saw our practices closed down for COVID, whatever it is, you know, let's just hope our players being safe, putting themselves in the right positions. You know, the reason I think we've avoided uh, any canceled games was because of our leadership we have in that locker room from Tom Allen down. So, um, you know, let's just hope our team continues with that and, and um, you know, we stay clean and we're ready to play uh, either this Saturday or the Saturday after. Definitely. And, again, we don't know how – how deep it is um we could just be shutting it down because one guy's test one guy's positive and then kind of going to figure it out from there so hopefully we can get all that stuff figured out um either way we'll have this out tomorrow and sorry this doesn't make any sense um to say we'll have it out tomorrow we'll have it out uh i don't even know what day it is man from all this quarantining today's tuesday by the way um, tuesday december 8th so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have this out wednesday uh, December 9th for you guys to go ahead and give it a listen. Yes. Um, and, and, and then we'll have the pod out uh, Friday or Saturday, kind of depending how things develop uh, awesome. the rest of this week. Awesome. So just a, a heads up for everybody. Usually we'll have the prediction or the post game pods out by Tuesday. Um, prediction pods out on Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Completely my fault. My Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. played on Monday night. He had to, and, he had uh, to watch that. And, I, and I, team beat I his. chose to watch. Uh, I chose to watch that. So, all right, Michael, till next time, man. All right, buddy. Elio. We'll see you, Elio. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.